Hello, and welcome back to the Court Sense Podcast. I'm your host, Brian McInnes, and this week we're again taking a trip back about six years to one of the most turbulent times in the history of the University of Hawaii men's basketball program. On October 28, 2014, UH fired head coach Gib Arnold and assistant Brandon Akana amid an NCAA investigation into violations that included impermissible benefits for recruits and student-athletes. One of the key pieces of that was star forward Isaac Foti. The NCAA eventually leveled a postseason ban, program probation, a reduction of scholarships, two seasons of vacated wins, and more on UH. Some of that stuck, some didn't. In the end, the biggest penalty of all was the loss of Foti, a six foot eight New Zealander who was on his way to becoming one of the best players in program history. He had immaculate footwork, a soft touch, a trademark fro, and an easy demeanor that made him a prodigious talent and an instant fan favorite here in the islands. He was considered the team's best all-around player, a returning all-Big West first-teamer who'd shot 60% for his two-year UH career to that point. Fotu, who was declared ineligible before the 2014-15 season for the allegation of having received an iPad under questionable circumstances from the UH staff, will probably go down as one of the biggest what-ifs in UH lore. What could he have added to the Big West finalist team of 2014-15 and the NCAA tournament squad of 2015-16? Probably a lot. We'll never know. He included this when he announced his decision to turn professional just days after his status was made public. Quote, I thank all my teammates, brothers at UH, and mostly the fans of Rainbow Warrior Basketball. The people of Hawaii have welcomed me since the day I arrived, and all that aloha made my stay enjoyable. I enjoyed every minute I got to represent the University of Hawaii, and I will look back at many wonderful memories. Aloha oi until we meet again. Well, it's been a number of years since that chapter. Fotu is now a very successful pro, having played in some of the top overseas leagues in Spain, Germany, and Italy. True to his word, he's in a good place about what happened and Hawaii in general. He's returned often. But we're going to let the man speak for himself in some of the first public comments he's made about what happened, among other happier topics. Here we go. Okay, Isaac Fotu is the latest UH, former UH player to join the Court Sense podcast. Isaac Fotu, welcome to the show, man. Oh, thanks for having me, Brian. What's happening for you in New Zealand right now with everything that's been going on worldwide with this coronavirus and the lockdowns, the quarantines and all that stuff? Yeah, uh, obviously it's been crazy. Um, I was actually in the in the heat of it, uh, a couple of weeks ago, obviously I played in uh, Italy this past season, and uh, that was probably the the first biggest hit country outside of China. Um, so it was it was all very new to to us over there and, and to the world. Um, but it it hit hard and it hit quick, so things moved really quickly over there. Um, I think in, within two weeks everything was locked down and the season was cancelled and. Uh, I was lucky enough to get a flight back home uh, to New Zealand because they were they were closing the borders over there. So it was a, a bit of a mission getting home. I had to, you know, take a four-hour train ride to to Rome and then get one of the last flights out to to New Zealand. So I, I was lucky enough to get out um, and then came here, home, New Zealand, which is a long long way away from Italy. It was 24 hours of travel all up um, and then straight into lockdown over here. So I've been in lockdown for about 
six, seven weeks now, um, which, uh, which is pretty crazy. I haven't really been had a chance to go see any of my friends or anything over here or do anything. Uh, being locked down at home, but it's been, you know, obviously everyone's going through it, so it's been crazy. So yeah, Isaac, you mentioned. I mean, it was quite an ordeal getting home. That your New Zealand was closing the borders and everything. I think New Zealand has been kind of like lauded and celebrated by a lot of places, including here, yeah. for how proactive it was with doing all yeah. the, taking all those measures. And so I, I understand you, like you said, you were on lockdown. I mean, you you had to go what like straight home and just yeah. quarantine yourself for what at least like two weeks or something. Yeah, that was the. Um... The rule yet, uh, if you're coming from overseas, especially northern Italy or uh, one of the harder hit places, you had to go straight into two week quarantine, uh, which I did. And then when I was about halfway through that, uh, the New Zealand government decided to go on a four week lockdown, uh, level four, which is no one's allowed to leave their house unless they're going shopping or, or going to work, which is just essential work. And so it was crazy. But at the same time, like you said, it's, it seems to be working and, uh, I'm happy that we had to, we did that early and got out of the way, and now it looks like we're we're pretty we're doing pretty well as a country. Yeah, I just saw um, uh, the curve, you know, the, on yeah. the the graphs and charts for the the virus in New Zealand. It looks like it's it's almost down to to nil. Exactly. So, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it seems to be working. Yeah. Do people are people like pretty supportive of the the prime minister uh, Jacinda? Yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, I think a lot of uh, our citizens are proud of of the way she's took leadership. Um, not like America, I see a lot of uh, <laughs> protesting going on, but I think everyone just wants to get out of the way, do it properly, and then we can get back to you know normal lives. So on the basketball side of things, Isaac, I mean, you mentioned how your season just shut down so suddenly, yeah. you know. Um, yeah. When you got back, since you've been back, what have you been able to do as far as you know, staying in shape, keeping yourself yeah. ready for, for ball? Yeah, obviously that's been uh, pretty tough, but – I'm looking enough to have quite a, quite a bit of gym equipment here. So I've been just working out like twice a day, uh, you know, doing a lot of weight stuff, a uh, bit of cardio as well. And my, my brother is also here from, he had to fly home from St. Mary's. Uh, so yeah, I've been working out with him as well. So it's Kuhuku been, High alumnus down. Yeah, exactly. Shout out to Kuhuku. <laughs> yeah. So you've been able to work out with him a little bit, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. We've been, uh, you know, pushing each other, making sure each other, stays ready because we, we you know you never know what's going to happen so it's better just to stay ready than to have to get ready sure man sure um well i'm gonna run down just to jog the fans memory some of your uh highlights and you know what, yeah. what people should probably remember you for on the court out here uh i mean you're just one of two uh players ever to, to get a league freshman of the year award uh you got yours on the big west obviously you you led the big west in field goal percentage as a true freshman 63 and a half percent and you were number two as a sophomore, 58.4% shooting, which combined made you the highest UH career field goal shooter in program history at like a hair under 60% for your career, which is pretty is unheard of. Uh, you got first team Big West honors as a sophomore, along with uh, Christian Stanhardinger, who I'm yeah. sure a lot of people remember as well. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and you averaged 12.5 points, 6.2 rebounds for your career out here. So uh, nothing to sneeze out on any of those counts. How do you kind of put those, you know, those stats, those numbers in perspective now that you've been a pro for five, six years? Yeah. Oh, man, just you reading those just brings back a lot of memories. I, I wish I could have stayed those other two years and done more, you know. Um, but I think the, the field goal percentage, I think looking back now, is just a sign that I should have shot more shots and <laughs> could have uh, done more. But 
I mean, at the time, that's that was my mentality. And, uh, you know, I remember Gib always telling me to shoot more, but uh, I, I just wanted to win in the end. And uh, obviously, I have nothing but fond memories about Hawaii. I, I still go, try visit there every year when I can. Um, and I, I look back and love my time there, the fans, just the lifestyle and the island. I, I, I think that was the perfect college for me to go to. And I, I look back with nothing but fond memories. Uh, well, let me take you, before we go more in depth on your time at UH, let, let me take yeah. you kind of back a little bit to, you know, your, your days growing up out there in, yeah. in Auckland, right? Auckland, New Zealand. Yeah, yeah. How, I guess, would a guy like yourself, you know, how many guys at the time you were growing up really were kind of looking to play college ball in the States from, from New Zealand? Yeah, exactly. It wasn't uh, wasn't a, a lot at all. Um, there was a the numbers came out from basketball New Zealand there was there's not many at all when I was in college but now there's hundreds of uh, New Zealand kids I don't know if you know there's a uh, they're all over the states you know and uh, back then it was a kind of an unknown going to college I got scouted by Hawaii when I was playing for my national team in China um, they were doing their trip around China as well and they just happened to yeah. be there and I remember uh, Fish and Akana being at a game watching and uh, just talking to me saying they'll be in touch so that was a bit of a that was a cool thing to remember um but yeah how much was uh on your radar before that point uh not not really at all um i think that's when they really uh gained interest in me uh they got to see my games um and then obviously i went, came on my visit there and then fell in love with the place and uh the rest is history i, I was on that china trip that was quite the main yeah. trip i think I vander think I remember, yeah. was was competing in that same tournament yeah that's right yeah he was playing we played uh angola and he was on that team so yeah and that was a sampling of the national team experience that I also wanted to ask you about. Uh, yeah. You were one of the youngest guys, I think, to make the, the Tall Blacks roster, yeah. which is the, the name, nickname of the New Zealand men's national team. And how did you really kind of uh, – what do you think was key for you as far as getting involved with them from such an early age compared to most guys? Uh, yeah. Um, I remember that the trial – they did a little trial uh, for that um, before we went on that trip. And I remember just – just thinking I was going along for the experience, you know, I was never going to make the team. Uh, and it was just a cool experience being around these older guys and this in your national team, you know. But uh, and then they, they named the team and I was part of it. So that was a, a huge surprise. Um, but that was, yeah, awesome experience, you know, as a, such a young age going against those grown men and just being in that environment, uh, training with them every day. Uh, I think that definitely had a huge impact on, on my career and uh, it definitely prepared me well for college. Sure, and and you stayed active along the way, right? You you had different cups or tournaments or events, even even yeah. to this day, right? The the world World exactly. Cup was like the last. Yeah, thing. yeah. I've I've always uh always took pride in playing for my national team. I I try to do it whenever I can. You know, uh, the European European season is long, ten month season, and then uh to to fit national team in is obviously hard. But I always try to do it. I, I love playing for for that team, and uh yeah, uh, like you said. I think I did my first World Cup while I was in Hawaii, uh, going into my what would have been my junior year in 2014, and then yeah, we just had the the last World Cup in China in 2019, which was a great experience again. Uh, play, you know, playing against teams like Greece uh, with with Giannis and uh, some some top teams. So it's always a great experience playing for my national team. I do try to do it as much as I can. Yeah, that's been obvious and apparent. Um, I think the most well known. Kiwi basketball player would be Stephen Adams. Is that is that yeah. fair to say? Yeah, that's fair to say. Yeah, um, and he was 
my age group growing up, so I used to always have to play against him in uh, in age group basketball, you know, for national championships, and he won every time, which was annoying. <laughs> but seeing how how well he's doing now, it's uh, it's good to see, you know. Was he always that like physical presence that that really just yeah. burly, you know, Cal yeah. Drogo esque kind of dude? <laughs> I remember in uh, yeah under 17s is when he really jumped on the scene. You know, he uh, turned up and he was this at the time like six ten, six eleven, huge guy and. Yeah, I remember playing him and being like, if everyone is like this, then this is, I don't think I'll make it very far. But it's good to see he's a—he's one of the most physical guys in the NBA um, and he's known for his physicality. So it's, it's you know, that gives, gives you a look at how we play in New Zealand. Like, I know a lot of guys, even at the NBA level, take pride in representing their teams. Is he, I, I haven't seen you, like, in yeah. the box scores and stuff, play with him. Is Have you had a chance to play with him yet? Uh, no, I haven't actually. Uh, you know, that's a... It's always a bit of a controversy here in New Zealand that he never never plays for a national team, uh, which would which is frustrating because we you know I, obviously would be a, a lot of bit, a better team with him playing, uh, but at the same time he's got all his own stuff going on with the NBA, so we can't really say anything. I just hope yeah one day I get to play with him on the national team. It'll be it'll be very cool. Nice. Uh, on the subject of those box scores, I couldn't help but notice I think in the World Cup and maybe some of the events you've been in before that. Like your box scores have changed a little bit from your UH days. I see you taking threes, making yeah. threes. I think you hit <laughs> one three for your entire UH career. Exactly. That was uh that happened straight away as well. As soon as I left Hawaii, I went to Spain and I think I put something up like something like ninety threes up in the, that first season. So it was completely different. I you have to adapt uh to to your surroundings, I guess. And in Europe, if you're a, a foreman that can't shoot, then you're not going to get it very far. So I just uh. I think I always had it. It was just, you know, it was always nerves at Hawaii. I didn't feel like I should be shooting, and I was always a high percentage shooter in Hawaii. So I always just tried to, you know, stick to stick to in the key um, and some mid range shots. But uh, I definitely worked on that three three ball uh, as soon as I left uh, Hawaii, and uh, that's what you see now in my game. I, I do remember that guys would be giving you some space out there. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or that's that, yeah, that's even worse when they when they <laughs> when they sag off you. Well, uh, obviously that part's come along for you quite a bit. And um, as you said, it's kind of just part of the package a four-man needs in today's basketball game, right? Whether you're in Europe or the NBA. Yeah, exactly. That's uh, that's the modern NBA. You know, a lot of teams go small ball. So if you can't shoot, then you're pretty uh, useless on the court. Is that where you find yourself playing most these days at the four spot? Uh, Yeah, four and five. This last past uh, season in Italy, I played. Uh, mostly at the five, actually, because it's a it's a very small ball uh, league. Uh, most most teams just have a, a true four man at the five, but uh, play four four as, as as well as much as I can. Play four for the national team, so yeah, I can mix it up. Gotcha. So I wanted to ask you a little more about your kind of professional arc. You know, you started right from the time you left UH. I think you you know you got you signed got with an agency. You. Yeah. Got your first contract in Spain, right? With uh, is it yeah. CAI Zaragoza? Yeah, yeah, that's right. And then you you got loaned out maybe to another Spanish team for like a, a season or so. Yeah, um, I was actually lucky uh, that that World Cup in 2014 was was when it was um, because I think my stock was high after that. And as soon as I you know lost my eligibility and left the Hawaii uh, teams, remembered me from that World Cup and uh, I. Got picked up by a very good team, Saragossa. So uh, that was a good experience. You know, I got I got there and then got loaned to another team, which was probably perfect. I got loaned to one of the 
most respected coaches in Europe, and he definitely helped me with my, you know, how to be a professional and uh, to show me the ropes uh, in my first year. So it, it, it all worked out perfectly. Who who was that coach? Uh, Pedro Martinez. He's a very he's still in my nurse actually. Um, so he's a he's a very well uh, respected coach, and he's been around a, a long time. Right. I know the Spanish league is one of the top international yeah. league basketball leagues in the world. Um, your team, I mean, you were in the top, it's the top tier, right? Like right from yeah, the yeah. outside of your pro career. So what yeah. was that like adjusting? Yeah, to? that was, um, looking back, um, it was, it's quite kind of crazy that I went straight into that top, top league. You know, a lot of players from college go start off in the, you know, third division in Spain or in Italy and work their way up. So looking back at it, it is crazy that happened, but it was obviously uh, very good for my career going, going against those, uh, those the top guys. Um, and obviously, like you said, it's the probably the second best league out of the NBA. So it was a, a great experience for me to for the rest of my career and playing in Germany and Italy. So sure, I mean, yeah, yeah those are those are three of the top countries yeah. for international basketball. Uh, exactly. Yeah. How, how do you kind of contrast the either the quality of the play or if if that's similar than just the you know the culture and just being in those stops for a year or two along the way? Yeah. Uh, well, the first Saragossa was a uh, that first year was a bit of a, a culture shock, you know, going with, they don't, you don't speak the language and I'm, you know, just this young guy. I was all by myself. They dropped me off uh, after the, the plane ride just in my apartment and I was like, oh, kind of <laughs> like, what am I doing? But um, no, it was it was great. I, I learned to, you know, I love the culture over there, um, the people as well and the, the places there, you know, you play in Barcelona, Madrid and mm-hmm. all these beautiful places. That's another uh, positive um let me stop you right there, Isaac, just for a second. Yeah. How soon after, you know, you packed your stuff, you, you left the Manoa campus, flew out from yeah. Hawaii, how soon after that was it that you got to Spain? Uh, yeah, um, I flew out from Hawaii to, uh, to L.A. to my – I stayed at uh, – my agent put me up in a hotel there, so I was just working out a little bit. But probably a week after or something, it wasn't – it wasn't a long time. I, yeah. I picked up a contract and I was out of there, so – a week. Uh, that was the start of my career. Yeah, yeah. So that's it all, all happened very fast uh, from the time I left Hawaii. That's that's an understatement, man. Yeah. Uh, so sorry, all right, I didn't mean to interrupt you. So no, yeah, no, sorry. yeah. So that you get you're getting adjusted in Spain, and and then what happens after that first couple of years? Yeah. Uh, obviously, I just learned a lot in those uh, first three years. Uh, you know how how professional league works, how professional life works. Uh, and then my contract was up there, and then I got picked up by uh, one of the top teams in Germany as well, uh, Ulm, which was uh, it was another good experience. Uh, you know, Germans are very organized and they do everything right. You know, um, but the people aren't too friendly, from, <laughs> as friendly as uh, you know Spain and Italy. But it's still a it was a great experience. You know, I did a lot of things. Went to Munich, went to Oktoberfest, got to experience that, which was a uh, pretty cool. Sure. Um, and just uh, yeah, different stuff like that. And then obviously, after this last World Cup, I got signed by uh, Italian team Treviso, which is has a lot of history behind it. They're a very historical team, and mm-hmm. that was a, a great little town to play in, you know. And the the people, the food is amazing there. Um, just a, a great place. It was right next to Venice, so I went there a lot. Um, so yeah, life off the court was a. Uh, it's been great, you know, seeing all these different places and getting to travel around Europe. It's it's been it's been a trip. Yeah, man. Uh, going back to Germany for a second, I, I want to say Stan Hardinger was in Germany at the same time. Yeah, as you? yeah, yeah. I remember <laughs> asking. 
asking people about him and you know he's you know his reputation a bit of a, a crazy guy he's always been a crazy guy but he, it looks like he's found a found his home in the Philippines and he's very popular over there so it's good to see that he's you know found his place for sure for sure and I, I couldn't go through the UH record book and, and look at your stats without also seeing his stats so yeah yeah exactly you um, guys are a little bit intertwined that way yeah yeah and there's uh it's cool seeing all um ex-teammates in Hawaii as well you know I've played against Brandon Spearman was in Germany when I was in Germany um mm. I know uh, when I came to Italy I know Garrett Garrett Neville played it played in uh, Italy before as well, heard his name, and uh, obviously playing. We played uh, against Vander in a preseason tournament in Spain as well, so it's it's cool seeing it, you know, seeing how well everyone is doing um, from those Hawaii days, you know, I know Aaron's doing well in Mexico, and, yeah. you know, Jenks is playing where he's playing, so it's we, we it just shows you how much of a, a good team we had as well. What uh, are those moments, those, you know, exchanges like? Are there times for, like, pleasantries, pre-game, post-game, or is it just like, hey, in the handshake line, you know, <laughs> quick high and bye and play? No, I usually uh, usually talk to them before and after the game. You know, obviously during the game there's no, not really any time to talk, but before and after I, I try to, you know, catch up and see how they're doing and uh, see, you know, what they've done with their career and what, what they're doing with their lives. So it's, it's always good catching up and seeing how they're doing. Right. Well, Isaac, I mean, you mentioned how good of a team you guys had out here. I think both yeah. years you were here, which was 2012-13 and 2013-14, you know, those were the two first years of the Big West. Um, yeah. You got the first crack at that at that conference, and uh, I think it didn't quite go your, your guys' way as far as in the, the Big West tournaments. But yeah. um, what do you kind of remember from those times and just, I guess, the chemistry you guys had together? Yeah, it was uh... – a. I look back and it was yeah with fond, fond memories. Obviously, it was uh, it was great. I love that uh, the travel. You know, going to the West Coast, uh, California, traveling around there for that. Um, but yeah, obviously, uh, one of my biggest wishes was that we did better in the Big West tournament at the end of the year when it really mattered. I know the the teams made the the tournament when I left, which would have been yeah. if I was there, I would have loved it. That it was. Uh, I think we would have. Yeah, you know, done very well. Uh, obviously, they did well anyway. Um, but yeah, it was uh, it was cool, man. It was, you know, it was all new for everyone. The the Big West, but uh, I think we did quite well. Um, just not well enough. You, you guys had the especially your first year. The the front court it was Vander Christian and yourself, which I think a coach yeah. would take any of you three guys in a heartbeat as kind of a foundation to their front court. Um, yeah. What, what was that dynamic like with three skilled guys who all had, you know, a little bit of their unique skill set? How, how did you guys manage to play with yeah. each other? Was, was there some feeling out along the way? Um, yeah, obviously uh, coming in, it was, as a freshman, great to learn from those guys. You know, uh, Vander was just a monster and Christian was a, a workhorse. So I, I always – uh, got to learn stuff from them, which was good. Uh, but I think Gib did a good job of uh, rotating us, you know, get, using us at the right times. And shout out to Davis as well. I think he was. <laughs> he was on that yes. <laughs> I was about to mention Davis. <laughs> no, but yeah, it was. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, looking back, that was a, a pretty formidable front court. You know, we had a uh, some big dogs, and you know, they were, I think, yeah, very skilled players. So uh, I think we did quite well with the. Uh, you know, I, I tried to take a, a bit of a backseat, you know, being a freshman and uh, playing behind those two two guys who are, obviously have a lot of experience and have proven themselves. But uh, at the same time, I wanted to 
prove prove myself that I, I could be on the same track as being as them, you know. Sure, and I right that first year, I think you came off the bench for a lot of it, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, I think I did, uh, which was fine with me. You know, I was playing behind those two guys, uh, and it obviously uh, worked out well for for everyone, you know. Well, that you mentioned, you wish those Big West tournaments could have gone more in your team's favor, and that last. I want to say the last game of your UH career in the Big West tournament against Cal State Northridge uh, uh, in that 2014 season uh, Big West tournament. That's probably not the best memory to bring up for you. Did you oh, yeah, no you? way. <laughs> Man, yeah. I don't, yeah. yeah, that was definitely not a fun memory for me. I think uh, I obviously look back and wish I could have done more in that game and done more to you know make it further, but it is what it is. So – that off season progresses, you know, and there there had been some kind of preliminary rumblings, things from the NC two A at that point. I think, you know, I would have to do my reporting, go through Gib, try to talk to him here and there about, hey, what's your reaction to this and that, yeah. and then it exploded. You know, I'm sure everyone remembers just days before the start of that 2014-15 season. Yeah, with Gib getting fired, Coach Akana getting fired. Everyone's kind of thrown into disarray. Yeah. You know, what What in that moment is your personal reaction, if you can remember? Yeah, well, all the – I don't think anyone uh, knows, but it all – oh, you probably know. It all started the end of the, the last season, you know, mm -hmm. the end of the academic year. We all got uh, interviewed, you know, obviously from what Gibbon uh, I kind of did. And someone mentioned something about me. I'm not going to say who it is. I think everyone already knows. Uh, and then they investigated me and all through the summer, you know, the NCAA was calling, you know, and asking questions and stuff like that. And I, I never thought I would in a million years get ruled ineligible. You know, I was working to, to have a huge junior season. I, you know, I was with the national team with that World Cup. So I was mm -hmm. expanding my game and I was doing all that to, and, and couldn't wait to show, you know, what I learned over the summer and with national team to, to put that into um, – Put that into practice in in Hawaii, and you know, have a have a great college season. Um, and then, obviously, the NCA started stuff started to come out more and more. And then it actually came out that I was ineligible, and that was you know, that was a huge hit. I, you know, I was mm -hmm. very upset. I was uh, uh, obviously wanted to finish the rest of my career in Hawaii. Uh, wanted to <clears throat> had all these goals, you know, for Hawaii and my career there. Uh, and then to have it taken away was very upsetting. Um, I remember the athletic director saying, you know, we'll get lawyers and stuff to try fight this. But at the end of the day, I knew, it, you know, the NCAs, they, they weren't going to, you know, get, give up easy or anything like that. So I just thought, you know, it's better just to leave uh, while my stock is high from the World Cup. So that's what happened. But yeah, I was definitely very upset, you know, seeing Gibbon Akata fired and then me and ineligible, you know, you know they, they weren't going to mess around and they weren't going to give up easy. So, Sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm glad. I mean, I'm glad you, you kind of worked it back a little bit there and, and you know, laid it out. Um, yeah. Is that, I mean, you expressed that kind of upsetting feeling. Was that still to date, to this day, like one of the, the more just tough moments of, of your life that you've had to do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Obviously, uh, everything worked out, uh, worked out fine for me. Uh, you know, going from a broke college student, you know, sometimes I couldn't get meals, you know, I only had a limited meal plan. I didn't have any money from, uh, from here. So, uh, 
that, that that side of it was a positive but at the same time I loved it there you know I loved like I said I loved the fans I loved I just wanted to finish my career all four years there you know get my degree and you know go down as one of the great players of Hawaii basketball I think I could have uh, turned it up a notch in that junior season and then senior season as well and I wanted to go to the tournament and win you know big games for the for the program so yeah I do look back with some regret you know I I I, I, if I could have, I would wish I would have uh, finished all four, all four years there. Um, and uh, mm. you know, yeah, sometimes it does. It is uh, upsetting looking back, but you know that's how life is. Stefan Jankovic, who was just a guest on the pod, said that one of his biggest like what ifs or things he you know wishes could have happened would would have been to play with you. Yeah. Uh, you know, for those next two years, which the last of. His year, the 2015-16 season, season with which would have been your senior year, yeah. was when they they had their breakthrough and got to the tournament. So, was yeah. do, do you remember watching that run? And you know, were, was it happy feelings? Was it bittersweet at that time? It was, no, it was definitely happy feelings. You know, um, as soon as Yanks and uh, and uh, Nico uh, stepped on campus, you know, we were all close. I was always hanging out at their house, you know, at their apartment, and we were. We got along really well, you know, always working out together. So the chemistry would have been off the charts, you know, there would have been no no clashes of anything. I think we we just would have all wanted to win and it would have been took it to another level. Um but I remember, yeah, being a uh, being in Spain and seeing the results for for them making it so far. I was I was lit I was definitely happy for them, you know, I was I'm still friends with uh, a lot of them from those teams and it was it was just awesome seeing them go against those those big teams and winning so uh, right. yeah it was definitely and but at the same time you you think if I was on that team we could have got further but <laughs> but uh no it was it was nothing but positive feelings for them so when you you mentioned a moment or two ago that you know you you had that desire to to finish out your UH career and you know be one of the best players ever and yeah I, I remember specifically having to ask you after both your freshman and then right after your sophomore years about you know these kind of pro interest pro overtures you were getting from teams because yeah. they they wanted to already scoop you up man so um it was no what you said is no joke that the, the interest was there and you had exactly. the choice to to go away to leave as you wanted right exactly yeah um like you said every off season and even that off season uh going into my junior year there was uh, a lot of interest uh, but there was always you know loyalty to Hawaii and I wanted to there was bigger bigger goals in my mind than you know, leaving early and to making money, I, I wanted to, you know, uh, like I said, do big things for the program in Hawaii. Um, but I'm just glad the the team after me got to do that for them. Um, but it would have been nice to be a part of it. Was there, you know, just was a kind of a series, I guess, of unfortunate things surrounding that the whole investigation and, and what happened to you guys uh, that culminated with, you know, Gibbs firing and you being ruled ineligible right before the season. Did you give it much thought to sticking it out and maybe saying like, well, okay, maybe they, they might say you're, oh, no, you can't play X number of games. Yeah. Did, did you give some thought to like, we'll just see how it plays out or otherwise? Uh, yeah. Um, I think I would have stayed even if they made me ineligible for the whole season and I would have come back and played the senior season. And that's how much I actually wanted to play. Um, but when they actually made me ineligible and someone said it would have been, pretty hard to, to fight that. Um, I thought it was just, you know, there, was, there would have been no point um, doing that. It would have been a waste of time and energy and I'd rather just uh, 
just get on, you know, get on with it. And I, like I said, my stock was high after that 2014 World uh, World Cup, so I took that opportunity and uh, mm-hmm. and, w- and went with it. I think you kicked off this com- this part of the conversation by saying you could have never imagined that you would be one of the guys that they slapped, you know, yeah. that, that on. Um, and I, you know, everyone out, out here kind of remembers as far as the the wording of their investigation, you know, the the iPad discussion and yeah. everything like that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So is that just to you? Is that just kind of like something that was laughable or or frustrating or did you feel like okay well they had a little merit in doing that or was it just all kind of a misunderstanding from your vantage uh yeah it was a bit a bit of all, all of that actually um obviously it was frustrating because uh you know top big schools get get way more than uh than what i got um and at the same time it was a misunderstanding because it was you know getting a you know it was a christmas gift from a family friend and you know, my my roommate said it was from someone else, so it's all it was a bit of a misunderstanding as well. Um, but at the same time, the NCAA has so many rules that it was hard not to break so many sometimes. So uh, I was just trying to be as honest as I could with the NCAA, um, and obviously they they took some of the stuff I said and uh, decided it was against the rules. So um, yeah, it was a frustrate, very frustrating because you know, bigger teams, uh, bigger schools are getting way more and getting off with that but at the same time i don't want to say anything you know it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's, frustrating yeah the the way you you know these days you kind of look at college basketball in the u.s right now the ncaa there's a lot of discussion about you know should student athletes get some kind of you know benefit yeah. some kind of relief and it does seem things are kind of trending that way so yeah for a guy who's like you know a few years removed from your time in college is it is it encouraging for you to see that? Is it like, does it add to the frustration because of <laughs> yeah, it does what add to the frustration. slapping on you? Yeah, yeah, it does add to the frustration. Like, like I said, my my brother's back here now, and he, you know, he tells me how much they get in their check a month now, and it's way more than what we got. You know, like I said, I could uh, sometimes it was hard to to eat um, for us, and uh, just going into my junior, that's when they. I don't know if they still do, but they they gave us food after practices, which is which would have been huge. The training um, table. Yeah, it's training table. We didn't have that my freshman and sophomore year. I uh, always had to go to the to the weight room for you know chocolate milk and the bananas and stuff and the bagels. Uh, so it is frustrating, um, but at the same time, it's good that these student athletes are getting more than what we got, um, and it's probably you know enough for them. Uh, you mentioned your brother; he's still at St. Mary's right now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's going into his uh, junior year this year. So, what's been your view on how he's done so far over there in the West Coast Conference, and how how similar or different would you describe your game to his? Yeah, well, it's actually strange. He went there as a three man. He was always a three man all through high school and over here. Um, and then last year, he well, he was a three man, and then this year they moved him to to the straight to the five. So it was a bit confusing uh, for him. But I just said, you know, just. Uh, try work on your game and listen to the coach and take take it all in um, and do what you can for the team and I think he's done he's doing pretty pretty well he's you know I think he's playing his role uh, as a five man now but he's had uh, he's had some teammates who are big scorers so he's sort of took a took a back seat to that but now being a junior and junior and senior I told him uh, it's time to step up and you know try, try, time to take some of those shots that those seniors were taking last year. Do you feel like he has the same pro aspirations that you have? Uh, yeah, I think um, 
you know, he he's always he said he's always looked up to me, and now he's he sees what the the life I'm living with that pro life. Uh, he, I think that's something he aspires to be, um, which is good. Uh, and I think he's got got two more years to to you know polish his game and do what do what he can. Um, and uh, also got a little another little brother who's 16 years old now who's who wants to do the same. So it's uh, it's good being a role model for these young kids, you know, uh, especially my little brothers to to see what they they can do if they work hard. And you have a little sister who played uh, ball out here at HPU, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, that's funny. Yeah, uh, she went to HPU for two, I think, two years. Her first year, she went to Boise State, but didn't enjoy it very much, and then uh, transferred over to HPU. Um, but didn't do her senior season. But yeah, it was funny. She was always everyone around the island always, you know, asking if you're if she was my brother, uh, my my sister, you know, um, which is. She said it was a lot of pressure, but at the same time, it was good. It made her, you know, feel like home a bit. Speaking of that, I mean, so it's now three of you and your family, you know, you siblings who have spent time out here, played basketball out here in Hawaii. Yeah. Um, what What is it about, you know, this place that <laughs> just keeps kind of finding you guys or you guys finding here? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I know my, my brother had a, a great time over in uh, Kahuku, uh, obviously winning their state championship was huge for them but he yeah he loved it over there and Ella loved it as well I think any opportunity we get to go over there we we take it because it's the closest thing to home in America for us you know it's the island life uh, the people are so laid back and stuff so uh, yeah that's why I love it and I know that's why they love it as well well I had a chance to visit your homeland uh, a couple oh, years yeah, that's right. 2018 yeah. I visited the North Island in New Zealand and yeah. went from Wellington all the way up kind of meandered around got to Auckland with my cousin Awesome. That was awesome, man. I, I regret that I was not able to uh, to run into you somewhere along the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. That's missed you, right? Yeah, just missed me. But, uh, yeah, I hope you, hope you enjoyed that uh, that trip. It was amazing. Uh, I can't wait nice. to go back, maybe check out the South Island next time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, a lot of people in Europe. When, when um, my time in Europe, they say they either want to visit New Zealand or have visited New Zealand. And the South Island is always, you know, the – the highlight of the trip is the the scenery is amazing down there. Well, I loved Wellington. I mean, I oh just, yeah, yeah, I do too. Yeah, um, and I was you all about Wellington the, on a on a good day, man. <laughs> I was all about the Lord of the Rings tour, so uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's kind of what happened. <laughs> nice. Um, shoot, man. I mean, we're talking about you know traveling and visiting different places overseas and stuff. It kind of puts in like stark contrast the reality that we find ourselves in right now. Yeah, um, you, know, you touched on you still being on lockdown basically in the entire country of New Zealand, uh, at least for the time being. And when do you, are you hoping or, or sensing that you could get back to some kind of normalcy, at least as far as basketball and fly overseas and, and play again? Yeah. Right? yeah that's, uh, that's all the uncertainty right now is crazy. Um, but you know, I've had, uh, conversations with my agent and there's a lot of interest or, uh, still around Europe and Asia as well. Um, and I've also been talking to the coach of the New Zealand Breakers here, and he said, uh, you know, if if all the borders remain closed and can't do anything, then I guess I'll have to play here, which wouldn't be too bad. But uh, I think I, I wanted to always finish my career off here. You know, as uh, at the end of my career, I'd like to finish here. But um, you're not there yet. You're not yeah, there. Not, yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're 26 yet. years old, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm a young veteran, I think. But uh, um, yeah. I, I, that's the whole uncertainty. I don't think anyone knows when we're going to get back to normal. Um, I think 
uh, I hope uh, by the time next season comes around, everything will be back to normal. But you never know, you know. It uh, just all depends on this uh, pandemic. Sure, man. I, and I do want to go back with you real quick to Italy when you mentioned everything shut down, you know, within a matter of, it sounded like days or all yeah. really suddenly. Um, I know the NBA side of it was really reported on with Rudy Gobert, you know, when his, his positive coronavirus test came back, the whole league yeah. shut down immediately. Was there a, a flashbulb moment like that over there in Italy, some kind of equivalent with somebody in the Italian league getting it or anything like that? Yeah. Uh, well, we we had a we were on a little break, national team break anyway, and then when we came back, you know, we were practicing as normal, um, and then we got the the memo that we were gonna have to play in front of no fans, uh, which was strange. And then uh, I remember we we. Went on a road game about five hours on the bus uh, away, uh, and we were at dinner, dinner eating. And then uh, our GM and our coach said we we have to get on the bus and go back straight away because uh, our district was going to get locked down, and they didn't know if we were going to be able to get back in uh, if we don't leave. So we decided to leave, uh, not play the game the next day, and then everything just went downhill from there, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And then uh, two doctors, I think, from that team that we were supposed to play tested positive, so it was. Oh, wow. It was a good thing that we didn't play them. Um, and then after that, you know, they kept postponing the league, postponing the league, and then uh, finally just decided to cancel it, which was a, a bit too late in my opinion. They only canceled it uh, a couple of weeks ago, I think, officially. Wow, um, that's yeah, crazy. Italy was, you know, in the in the middle of it all. So, uh, yeah, all, it was all crazy, but I was just lucky enough to get home. I guess – now that I think about it, I guess the NBA actually hasn't canceled anything either. Yeah, exactly. Uh, pulling out <laughs> hope, right? Open. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think the, the Rudy Gobert thing came out on like March 11 is what I'm seeing here. It was, do you remember, was that incident that you recall before or after that? Uh, I think it was a bit before. Uh, yeah, I think it was before because I, I remember being on lockdown in a home in Italy and reading about the, the Rudy Gobert stuff. So it was... Yeah, it just all happened so far, so that was, the, that was the thing I remember the most. Right, right. Well, shoot, man, I'll maybe just ask you one or two uh, UH questions that, that maybe would be a, a little more of happier memories for you, you know, yeah. to, to close out this conversation. <laughs> sure, um, yeah. So, you know, those those couple of years, I mean, you said, as you said, you, you love your time there. You would play all four if you could have. Yeah. What, any singular mo- moment in memory that stands out for you, you know, that you kind of carry with you? Um. Uh, man, just any any of the big wins we had at the the Stan Sheriff. Uh, I remember. Yeah, I love that arena so much. The the court. Uh, I know they've changed it now, but I just have a lot of fond memories of big big games. And the funny thing is, I remember beating St Mary's at the buzzer in uh, one of those Christmas tournaments. Uh, I know the dance dance coach always brings it up to him about me. So that was definitely a a big memory. But the is it the Diamond Head Classic? Yeah, Diamond Head Classic. That's right. And my, all my family were there as well, watching. And uh, that was a uh, that was an, a good memory. But there's there's so many. I can't even uh, can't single one out. I remember beating uh, UC Irvine on the road as well in overtime. That was a big one as well. Um, you dropped thirty, I believe. In that yeah, that's, that was a that was a great night as well. So yeah, it just uh, a lot of fun memories. But I know there would have been a lot more if I stayed the the next two years. Well. Isaac, anything else you know you want to add about your time out here? What what's to come next for you? Just uh, where you're at in life? Uh, no, I just think 
anywhere I go, I always uh, consider you, Hawaii to be my second home. You know, no, no matter where I go in life, I think it would always be like that. My plan was when I was in college was actually to to uh, to come back and buy a house there um, after yeah. my career. So that would be that would be another dream uh, to do as well because I, you know, you know, I just love the love Hawaii, love the North Shore. So it'd probably be up there. Um, but no, just. Uh, just uh, I always consider myself, uh, you know, a UH warrior. Uh, I, I haven't forgotten about that, even though I don't promote it a lot. Um, and uh, just the way it all went down and all finished, uh, that was a bit of a sad, sad moment. But it doesn't cover up uh, all the good moments I had there um, and all the positive things I think about when I think of Hawaii. So, and uh, yeah, here's two two here. things that I'll leave you with that I think the fans will remember you from for your time here. Yeah. Uh, Poke bowl phenomenon. <laughs> uh, is that enduring? Is that still going? Oh man, I still, yeah, I still, that's why that's, that's probably the main reason I come to Hawaii every year is to get those food land Poke bowls. Food land bowls. And, uh, the fro during your time here, yeah. uh, was out in force, out in style for you. Um, did that, did you kind of change that up? Like right when you went pro, did you retire it? Like what's uh? <laughs> yeah, that, that's actually funny. I, I, I went to Hawaii, uh, not not going to grow my fro. You know, I just didn't get a haircut in a while, and I I think I just during that first summer league, I gained the reputation of the guy with the fro, so decided to keep it. And I'm glad I did because it was it's it was kind of my trademark in Hawaii. Um, so I think I yeah, as soon as I left, I, I went with the cut on the side. So. That that fro is just strictly for Hawaii. That was a that was a that was to mark a that that time in my life. <laughs> Isaac Fotu, thanks so much for making a little time on the Court Sense podcast. It was great talking to you and catching up. I'm sure uh, some of the fans out there will really enjoy uh, hearing your perspective on everything that's happened since that time. Yeah, no worries, Brian. Thank you. Uh, thanks for having me on. And anytime you want, I'll I'll talk to you about anything. So. Okay, that's it for this week's episode. Stay tuned in the coming weeks for more interesting guests in and out of UH basketball, Hawaii sports media, and other subjects entirely. Take care.